The word of the Lord from Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. Jesus said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last, up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first last. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We have another parable of the kingdom of heaven today, and remember... These parables are very ordinary until they are not, and then someone does something ridiculous and everything goes off the rails. In this case, a master of a house goes out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. He strikes a deal for a denarius, a day's pay for a day's work, which makes total sense. Three hours later, he hires more laborers and tells them that he'll pay them whatever is right. He does the same thing about the sixth and the ninth hours, which doesn't sound like great planning, but still sounds pretty ordinary. At the eleventh hour, he goes out and finds more men standing around. He hires them too. And this is where I start to twitch a little because hiring day laborers when there's less than an hour left to the day, that seems a tiny bit off to me. By the time they step into the vineyard and pick up a tool, it's going to be time to call it quits on the day. An hour later, things really go off the rails. Evening comes and the master lines up the laborers to receive their pay, starting with the 11th hour guys and working his way back to the ones who have been working all day. The 11th hour hires receive a denarius. The guys who worked maybe one twelfth of the day, they get a full day's pay. When word of that starts to ripple through the line, 
You can imagine the mental math going on. You can just see the all-day workers calculating that they're going to receive 12 days' pay for one day's work. Nearly two weeks' worth for 12 hours. I mean, that's only fair. Score. But when they get to the front of the line, they receive a denarius just like the 11th hour slackers. Same pay for 12 times the work. That's not fair at all. And you can appreciate their gripe. These last worked only one hour, they say, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. I mean, their complaint makes sense to me. The master's counter is an interesting one. He says, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? Now, that's well and good if he wants to play it that way. But you know what's going to happen the next day? He'll stop by to pick up some laborers for the vineyard early in the morning. And every last one of them is going to say, Nah, but if you stop back in, oh, about 11 and a half hours, I'll probably be interested then. Either that or I'll have to, I don't know, dodeca-tuple the hourly rate to get anyone to work. The master's generosity is going to backfire after one day. What he does is really bad for business. But then you remember, this isn't a tutorial on how to run a successful vineyard. This is a parable about the kingdom of heaven. And maybe remember that there's a code to parables, and the vineyard is usually the people of God, the church. The master is usually the Lord, the laborers would be the people, and the end of the day is the end of the world. And then you see that there are two different ways going on regarding the kingdom of heaven. The first way is the laborer's way, and they make the kingdom of heaven work just like things work in this world. You get the reward at the end of the day if you work hard enough to earn it. If you put in the whole day serving the master in his kingdom, then you should get 12 times reward than the one who slips into the faith at the 11th hour on his deathbed. Now this seems fair, but it's a problematic approach because the reward for the 12-hour laborer is forgiveness, life, and salvation. If that's the day's pay, then what does the 11th hour guy get? One twelfth of salvation? If he's absolved in his deathbed, does the pastor say, I forgive you 8.3% of your sins? And then what? Does the 11th hour guy get the basement apartment in the father's mansion? Or does he have to spend some time between death and heaven working for the other 11 twelfths of grace? For that matter, you know that among the all-day workers, some did more than others. Maybe some were feeling chatty or sick. Maybe others were mourning a loss and had trouble concentrating on the vines. And some of the nine-hour guys actually got more work done than the 12-hour guys did. Maybe some were more industrious in a non-healthy way because they have to keep busy or go crazy thinking about past mistakes. Whatever the case, 
the all-day crew is hardly monolithic in effort. So are you going to give a full day's pay to the most industrious, then start deducting for rest periods, daydreams, and water cooler conversations? I mean, I'm sorry. You would be fully forgiven for your sins, but you said a bad word when you stepped on that rake around 2.35 in the afternoon. If the kingdom of heaven worked like a business, it would have to go something like that. But the kingdom of heaven isn't about the works of the laborers because the works of the laborers can't do anything to earn salvation. That's why it's kind of funny when the workers think they're accusing the master by saying, you have made the one-hour wonders equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. See, the truth is that if you take away the works, they are equal to one another. They were equally without a place to go at the start of the day. They were equally brought into the vineyard by the work of the master. And they are equally in the vineyard at the end of the day. They're equal in that all have sinned. And the wages of sin is death. Now the master's way, the master's approach, is far different than the laborers who think that you get the reward for the works that you do. The master isn't rewarding them for their works because the kingdom of heaven isn't about their works. The master is rewarding them for being in the garden at the end of the day. If we want to embellish the parable with a few details, the master can bring them into the vineyard and pay the reward because he's paid for the vineyard with his own blood. Outside the garden, there is only death at the end of the day, Inside the garden, there is life, and the master gives that life to everybody who's there. Recast the parable this way, if it will help. A ship sinks, and the first mate grabs a lifeboat as the ship goes down. He hauls half a dozen people into the boat within the first five minutes, and he hauls another six survivors into the boat 12 hours later. When he breaks into the box of rations... Who deserves more? One hopes the first six aren't going to say, we deserve the food more because we've been out of the water longer. Surviving hasn't been about their work, but the work of the sailor who saved them and who is now offering food to all. The master will not make this vineyard about the laborers' labors or fairness. It's all about his generosity. He wants to give to all. And because the master of the vineyard is the Lord, he's not going to run out of reward to give. Now, Jesus tells this parable just a few days before Palm Sunday. He is about to give all for all. The Pharisees are worked up to a fever pitch, teaching that your only hope of heaven is if you spend your whole life working hard to keep a lot of laws. Now that's good for public morality, and it's only fair you'd think that God would reward the good people for working so hard. But in the meantime, contra the Pharisees' teaching, Jesus is welcoming the tax collectors, the prostitutes, and other notorious sinners who don't have enough time left to make up for their sins. On Good Friday, he'll even tell a crucified robber that he'll be in paradise that day. Jesus is fine with Pharisees in the vineyard, by the way. 
We know that a few of them, like Nicodemus, believe in him. Those Pharisees, however, know that heaven is theirs by his generosity of dying for their sins. It's not theirs because of their feeble attempts to please God by washing their hands before they eat. The Lord continues to call people into his kingdom. By his grace, the vineyard, the church, his kingdom remains. Sinners remain sinners too. There are sometimes tensions between longtime believers who have learned to pace themselves versus new believers who are zealous with the joy of newfound forgiveness. If they focus on who among them has done and is doing what, then problems are going to arise. If all keep their eyes on the generosity of the Lord, they will find that the Lord mixes the wisdom and the zeal and makes use of all in his kingdom for his purposes. But anyway, that's not what the parable is really about. There will be a tension at times in congregations because some are doing a lot more work than others. When I was ordained, it was the 80-20 principle that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. It's now known as the 90-10 principle. That's not good. But I also know that the matter is far more complex than people don't want to help. Please help where you can. Many hands make light work. And still, that's not what the parable is about either, really. The parable is about the problem that sinners want to make the vineyard about their works more than the Savior's generosity because sinners would always rather look to what they do instead of what Christ has done. I plead with you to repent of this. If you don't repent, you'll end up comparing your works and time in the kingdom to others, and that's always a skewed view because you'll magnify your good and their bad, all the while believing that you're being fair. You'll also believe that God is being biased to others when you're given to suffer, and so you will accuse God of being unfair. Furthermore, when you most need to be sure that you're secure in the vineyard, you'll be haunted by what you haven't done, either because you didn't or you couldn't. Either way, if you're focused on what you do, you won't be focused on Christ and his generosity. So repent of all that and rejoice in the generosity of Christ. Where he is unfair, it is in your favor. For he unfairly bore your sins and took the wrath for them on the cross. By his grace and holy baptism, he has brought you into his kingdom. By his word and supper, he keeps you in his vineyard. And thus sustained, you're free to go about your labors, avoiding sin that would put you outside in darkness and doing good to God and neighbor, all with the great relief that you're not in the vineyard because you're earning it, but because Christ has brought you in. And at the end of the day, you can be sure of this, because of his generosity, not your works, the reward is the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. God be praised. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.